Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Previously on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Russ Dorsey is going to join me to talk baseball. We'll talk about the White Sox. I've been thinking about this since the last time I was on with you, and I wanted to ask you this question. Okay. Do you think the White Sox are a good team? No, I honestly think that they're an average team with above average talent. We're almost at Memorial Day. We always talk about that's when teams look around and say, all right, what team are we? Like, how good are we? What additions do we need to make? And I look at the White Sox and it's like, Jose Abreu starting to swing the bat a little bit better, but you can poke a lot of holes in the White Sox right now. And I think that might be the issue where it's like, okay, you don't have an everyday right fielder. You have guys that are hurt. Michael Kopech has been fantastic. But what is the back end situation with your rotation? Like you can't just put it on Cease, Kopech, Gilito, whenever Lynn comes back. Your bullpen that you spend a lot of money on is okay. Like there's a lot of areas where you're just like, this is still a question mark when you thought you had it figured so I- out. And that's how I look at the White Sox right now. Make me a bicycle clown. Or something. What's happening, y'all? It's Mark Grody in for Lawrence Holmes on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Ray Diaz is here. He's our executive producer. I am here for you if you'd like to call or text. I'm open to that. Like, if you want to call, it's Friday. So, Friday calls are welcome at 312 644 6767. That's the phone number. That is the text line if you want to do it like that. And I am also on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports. Last name spelled just like my Uncle Jerry, G-R-O-T-E. So that's how you can get a hold of me right now or in the future. And uh, I hang out on Instagram. I hang out on Facebook. I'm here for you. I got a lot to do today. lot to do today, including discussing and dissecting or should we say disgusting the Cubs and the White Sox and their their blowouts from yesterday. I got guests today. Jim Margulis will be on from the Sox machine to talk about the White Sox at one o'clock. My guy Mark Potash will be on at 125 to talk about the Bears and whatever the heck else Mark Potash might be hot for because he's usually burning up real good about something in sports other than the Bears, but we'll go hardcore Bears with him. I've got some deep cuts, deep cut Bears, as in some of the assistant coaches, the the rare conversations that we get to have with the Bears assistant coaches. I thought I learned some things from those guys, so we will play a few of uh, of those cuts, and uh, we're just going to have fun today. That's, that's what we do here on the Lawrence Holmes Show on a Friday. So let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come on back, and we will talk about some of the entertainment factor of the Cubs game yesterday. And we will also talk about Dallas Keuchel and what the White Sox need to do. So that is all coming up. It is the Lawrence Holmes Show. I am Mark Grody filling in for Loho today on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Here's the pitch to Contreras. He swings and drills one deep to left. Way back. This is long gone. Into the second deck. Contreras with a monster home run to begin the fifth inning. 10-4 Reds here in the fifth. Oh, yeah. 
All that for the Cubs from Wilson Contreras is called here on the score. And still, the Cubs lost 20-5 yesterday. White Sox fell 16-7 to the, the Red Sox. It was one of those days, man. And this is like the classic, ah, need a day off. You know, all those Friday days off. Like, perfect day off. Then again, both teams have... 16 and 20 runs to think about being scored against their team. So they got to sit on all that for their day off. But it's a dark, gloomy day in Chicago. It's drippy. It's bordering on cold. It's not cold, but it's bordering on cold. So that leaves a threat for cold because as the day, it's a very fragile warmth out there right now. As the day goes on, you, you may go outside now, and then an hour from now, and you'll be like, oh, my God, I'm freezing. I need more than this hoodie now. That's the kind of day it is today in Chicago, and hopefully the players are following suit and just chilling out and watching Netflix today. I would imagine that's what the Cubs and Sox players are doing before they hook up at Guaranteed Rate Field tomorrow, where it will be Cubs and Sox Part 2. But I will say, like I was telling to Bernstein during transition, yes, that was a horrible Two days for the Cubs. I mean, go back to Wednesday, the 4-3 loss where they scored the one in the ninth inning, and then they lose yesterday, obviously, 20-5. to And there's nothing to glean from it baseball-wise. But I am here for Rowan Wick versus Joey Votto. Talk about odd conflicts. Like, two people that you would not expect to be having a, a an issue, a tiff of any sort, a jawing back and forth. So it's entertaining the first day that it happens where it's Wick versus Votto because Votto did the bat flip on the walk and Wick said something to him about it and Votto's getting all fresh as he goes to first base and Wick's just like, I'm not going to play your little game here. And Wick even said afterwards, yeah, things were said, blah, blah, blah. But I did think Votto got a little bit out of control. Like he, he needed to just zip it. It wasn't that big of a deal, dude. So that happens on Wednesday. And then we get it again. Who would have thunk it? We get Rowan Wick versus... Joey Votto part two. We are given that entertainment, which which is was just fascinating. And I love that I saw Rowan Wick go in the game at that time because I thought it's possible that he could face Joey Votto in this inning. So I'll take I'll take that because like if you're watching Cubs games these days, it's very difficult to figure out what you are watching for. There are things, there are guys that you hope for now for the sake of the future, like a Justin Steele, like a Seiya Suzuki, um, you know, to a lesser degree. Well, no, I wouldn't say to a lesser degree, like a Nico Horner. These are guys, Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel. There's dudes that you're kind of interested in that they're trying out for the team. But for the most part, this team doesn't have like a super prospect on it yet. And there's nobody threatening to come up. So really, it's difficult to watch Cubs games at times because you know it's not for the winning necessarily. It's for the watching and what can I glean from this game? What can entertain me? And I'm sorry, but the last two days entertained me with the Ross ejections and the high and tight and everything that went with it. We just heard the Wilson Contreras home run. And and now let this is this is not my favorite highlight. This is my second favorite highlight that we're about to play. We're gonna get to the gold standard here in just a second. But after Contreras hits the home run in another at bat, let me get specific here off my play chart. The, this was in the seventh inning. The Cubs are down thirteen to five. Joel Kunal in to face Wilson 
Contreras, and this is how it all goes down. David may not make it again today. David, pointing to the scoreboard, uh, probably made a reference to the score. He's and, calmer today than he was yeah. last night. He was absolutely livid last night. Yeah. David still talking, gesturing with his hands, looking between Will Little and Chris Conroy. And he's obviously making a point. He has made his case. I'm not sure if the umpire said more than about two or three words in that entire discussion. No. David back to the Cubs' third base dugout. And David, I think, has been thrown out of the game. He just went down into the tunnel, so he he might have been thrown out of the ball game. Votto and Contreras do not appear to be communicating very much at first. Yeah, so there, I, I I do not see David in the Cubs dugout, so he has been thrown out of the game again. Ah, Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer on the score, and Pat Hughes, they do not appear to be communicating. That's Pat way, Pat's way of saying there may have been a very uncomfortable, ill feeling going on at first base between Wilson Contreras and Joey Votto. And I should be clear, that was David Ross getting ejected after old Joel Kunal threw at uh, at Wilson Contreras uh, and and drilled him in the shoulder. So David Ross, for the second straight day, has to get ejected. And sometimes that is the mentality of the managers. Like, like I'm sure he was genuine in his desire to do what he did, David Ross, but there's also got to be the part in the back of a manager's mind. like, well, I got to get kicked out now. I got to put on a show. I got to, even if he's not necessarily passionate about it, which I'm sure he was in this case, being that it's Wilson Contreras and, and funny things had been going on. So there was that. The part that I think is just the absolute best, though, is, is Wick versus Votto part two. And th- this was, again, one of those situations where Votto comes up in the seventh inning. He's, from my vantage point, watching it, Votto looked like a guy who thought he was going to get drilled by Rowan Wick just because of everything that's been going on. Of course, he's going to get drilled. Do we have the final at bat, or do, do we just do we have just the fallout after it, Ray? Just so, just the fallout. Okay, so I will then tell you that that Rowan Wick was there to throw strikes to Joey Votto, and he struck him out. And after he strikes him out, this went down, or sort of didn't went down, and I, or go down. The tone of Pat and Ron on this building non-fight fight is just just like exhaustingly hilarious. Wick to Votto's. Swing and a miss. Strike three ends the inning. Votto's still jawing at Rowan Wick. Not sure what that's all about. Contreras and Votto. Contreras walks over to Votto and tries to settle him down. Contreras told to go back to the Cubs third base dugout. The umpires intercede. Some guys from the bullpens now start somewhat prematurely to run in to the field. Chris Conroy, the crew chief, waves them back. I have no idea what Vada was yelling or why he was yelling. The inning is over. The Reds score twice. (laughs) Everything about that was half-assed. I'm not talking about Pat Hughes. I'm talking about everybody involved. Joey Votto, he was probably just jawing to jaw. The bullpens start to come out there like, ah, crap, this again. Are we really committed to leaving our comf- the comforts of the bullpen? And then they're told to go back, so they go back. Like, everybody was just waiting for the umpires to say, no, don't do it. Okay, that's cool. We're not going to do it. So I just thought it was hilarious. And even Pat, like, in round, I, 
I have no idea what he's yelling at now. This has been a ridiculously long series. We're going to probably have to do some trivia in this broadcast because the game is getting out of control. So it, it was just that, that moment. I, and I don't know. Maybe it's not actually funny what I'm talking about now, but it's that, that funny, like sad, you know, all mixed up as one that this, this horrible thing has happened to the Cubs on this day in this weird, I'll call it quirky. This quirky battle between Rowan Wick and Joey Votto, and just highly unlikely. And I know that there's been a history with the Cubs and the Reds through the years with many different characters being involved, and a lot of the characters are not even around anymore. Uh, but this this seemed like its own unique island. Like, this is like a freak injury. That's that's what this is. Like, this was its own entity. And the and I, I, I hope, I can only hope, that in the future we get more uh, Wick versus Votto because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in the front row for that. I want to I want to listen to uh, to Joey Votto really quickly because Joey Votto still wins for best soundbite out of both of the days. This is the best thing that was said. Here's Votto. He had something to say and I answered, and that's how ball is sometimes. You know, you, you you're competitive. Uh, and he's very he clearly used competing and 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 locked in on on uh, on, on getting a. Uh, on performing well, and and I, I'm 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 pulling at this on the opposite end of the same rope, and uh, if someone says something to me, sometimes I don't answer, but I wasn't in the mood to, to keep my keep my mouth shut. Um, sorry, it's it's part of the game. It's, it can be uh, one of the more enjoyable parts of the game. You know, competing, some some talk. I, I really enjoy that part of the game. You know, sometimes it can be overextended, can be taken too far. But generally speaking, I enjoy that part as long as the other party is is, is fine with with uh, taking it. You know, you give it to me, no problem. I'll give it back. Well, and that, everything he just said was very sensible, and it kind of makes you like Joey Votto when he says stuff like that. So, really, what he's saying is, I, Joey Votto, I, I'm Votto. I should be able to yell at you, Rowan Wick, if you said something to me without the bullpens feeling compelled to poke their heads out without everybody thinking we have to drill everybody now because there's trash talking going on. So I think that there is a message that we need to derive from that. Let the trash talking happen. It's okay. It's okay if they want to jaw back and forth. That, that doesn't require a fight with I everybody. I have no idea what Votto was yelling or why he was yelling. Right. The inning is over. The Reds score twice. This is how it should be. It should be like in the NBA. They trash talk. Once in a blue moon, it turns into a fight or a shoving match or something. But they get it. Like, we're just going to talk back and forth, and sometimes it's going to get ugly. And when it gets ugly, there might be some extracurricular. There might be a technical. But for the most part, we're going to trash talk, and everything's going to be okay. Like, everything in baseball, they think everything's got to be a fight. And that the, the bullpen guys, the you know, the your seventh inning guy, feels like he's got to start. He's got to step, step away from his arm routine and may possibly punch somebody in the face now. Like, it doesn't need to be a fight in baseball. It always feels like that is the case. I need to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the White Sox a little bit and Dallas. Dallas Keuchel and what what happened yesterday and what needs to happen with him and the White Sox as a whole as well. Uh, at, and, and if you are interested in talking Cubs or White Sox right now, 312-644-6767. I'm Mark Grody filling in for Lawrence Holmes. This hour is being brought to you by Carex Tire and Auto. 
online at carx.com. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. High in the air, left field. A.J. Pollock at the track. And the wall, he jumps, and he can't make the catch. It's gone. Trevor Story, just like Tuesday night, has an early three-run home run. And Boston is up six to nothing. That dude has been red hot for sure, but counts the same against Dallas Keuchel, who is not going to get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Jason Benetti with the call on NBC Sports Chicago. I'm Mark Grody, Finland for Lawrence Holmes here on The Score today. I'll be here until 2 o'clock, and then it will be the Parkins and Spiegel show. As a matter of fact, I will transition with them boys at around 2 o'clock. Looking forward to seeing both those guys. But Dallas Keuchel, like that was that was the hit, and I know that for a lot of White Sox fans, it was probably two or three starts ago that you guys had him DFA'd. I was thinking like the organization last night, and and I've been trying to put myself in Rick Hahn's shoes throughout this whole Dallas Keuchel thing, and if I was Rick Hahn, I probably would want to give him every last possibility to snap out of it whatever he's had going on because you paid this guy you know uh, not like a ridiculously exorbitant amount but he is a guy that you targeted for this team he does have a hell of a resume so he's respected like that that adds into it the guy has won a Cy Young award and has been more successful than not in his career so that has to factor in if you are a GM if only a little I'm not saying that that should be an overwhelming part of it but it's got to be part of the process and then the third thing is you have to be if you're again thinking like a GM you have to know that you have somebody better that can give you those innings that is ready whomever that might end up being you have to know that you got his replacement ready and that we don't have to depend on Keiko and that we can truly do away with the innings that Keuchel would give you and does give a team. But, uh, and and this uh, continuing to think like the GM, when Trevor Story hit that three-run homer that you just heard Ray Diaz play coming back into this section here, that was it. Uh, as a GM, I was like, okay, I, I gave you every chance. You gave up three in the first, yet just gave up a three-run homer to Trevor Story. I know Trevor Story can't be stopped right now, but you did. It was on your watch. I can't. I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't justify it anymore. It's there's something. So thinking like a GM, and and now talk show host, you gotta DFA Dallas Keuchel. You gotta do something. And it hasn't happened unless it's happened in the last thirty seconds that I've been in this segment, or maybe five minutes. I, it it needs to be discussed. It needs to occur. You just you can't. It you can't survive with that anymore. And even if it's not fair in some ways, like going through the criterion that I, I gave you, like with Dallas Keuchel, at least you got to do the proverbial sending a message. Whether it's sending a message to the team, like this ain't acceptable. You could be Dallas Keuchel and you could have all those things that I just said. Former Cy Young Award winner, paid by the team. We targeted this guy. We want this. He's Dallas Keuchel. That, that guy can still get fired 
from this team. Sends a message. You need something, right? Like nobody's getting fired anytime soon for the White Sox. You need something to stimulate it. And I know that's not going to be like the catalyst and all of a sudden they're going to win 12 straight games like because you fire Dallas Keuchel. But it puts you in, in a better direction. That's for sure. So... Yeah, it's it's time for Mr. Keichel to go, whether you are GM, fan, or talk show host in all of those ways. Let's listen to what Tony La Russa had to say after the game about Dallas Keichel last night. He lasted just two innings, by the way. When he's right, he's going to ground balls, and right away, most of the balls are in the air, which you know shows that at that point, movement wasn't there and location wasn't there. So that's what I think just today is. When they start getting balls in the air against him, that means at that point he's not sharp. Now, he's not normal for him. Did you get more location? Hmm? location? No, I, I, I don't know. I didn't see the. I haven't seen the replays yet, but I just know the balls are in the air, and it's that's not how he normally pitches. Now, the key part from Tony Larusa there was that's not normal, and there's been a lot of that's not normal with Dallas Keuchel. You know, going back to last year, and then certainly into this year as well. So yeah, that's not normal. And that's Tony La Russa, and obviously it is not his decision. Honestly, I don't think it's his decision to DFA or to cut Dallas Keuchel. Maybe it is his decision. We don't know how the power works over there exactly. But um, obviously Tony La Russa has been very honest with Dallas Keuchel with the, you know, the previous start where he pulled him out early. Tony La Russa had to go on record and say, yeah, I pulled him out early because typically Dallas – you get killed the third time through. The we're not doing that. So if you really, hey, if you really want the answer, sometimes as an employee, you don't really want the. Here's what it is, Dallas. You're not good third time through the lineup. You're pretty bad at it. So Tony Larusa has already said that. So I think I would know what Tony would vote if he did have a vote. But that's got to be on Rick Hahn, obviously. Now I have not heard this, but I did hear that Steve Stone was on today with Mullion Haw today. Yes, it was a Mullion Haw, Steve Stone get-together, and the boys did ask him about whether or not the White Sox should DFA Dallas Keuchel. Let's assume that the stars align, everything is is right where they should be, and Lance Lynn comes back in the not-too-distant future and moves into the starting rotation. If Johnny Cueto continues to throw like he's thrown, I mean, I think you can add them up, boys. That comes to five with Johnny Cueto as the fifth. And if that's the case, then we understand that being a a game of what have you done for me lately, and let's take a look at your whip and your earned run average, which is 788, and you'd have to say that most likely Dallas Keuchel is odd man out. He's at the point now where he really can't afford a mistake because as soon as he does, the hitters jump on it and they take advantage of it. That's it. Yep, he does not. That's an interesting little tidbit there from Stone that he's not getting away with mistakes. That's like that's like breaking your hip when you get older. It's like, that's it. You're starting to fade away. You're not getting away with the mistakes anymore like you used to when you were young. So interesting insight as always from Steve Stone, who made a, was did a very um, sort of cerebral way of saying that Dallas Keuchel's could he's the odd man out. That's the phraseology that we're using now. And the the didn't you just kind of know Johnny Cueto was going to work? Like when the Sox signed Johnny Cueto, you're like, oh, Johnny Cueto, that guy is an awesome pitcher, man. Like we the dudes had a great career. Yeah, he's he's in the minor sign. We all kind of knew Johnny Cueto was going to give you a couple. 
couple good games, right? That it wasn't going to be a bust. Like, it might eventually fade away. I think we all knew Cueto was going to do Like, we sort of wanted it so badly and willed it for him because it's Johnny Cueto and we know him and all of that. So I kind of knew this was going to be good. So Johnny Cueto all of a sudden becomes the replacement part potentially for for Dallas Keuchel who probably should be DFA'd any minute. Um, well, I don't know that for sure, but that's just that's what I think should happen. I think one of the other more interesting guys, pitching-wise, I don't know if he's going to get a chance to start, and that's Reynaldo Lopez, who has just been very good in his roles. And he's here's the, here's the thing about Reynaldo Lopez. He's getting it all back. It's like he was like gone like Middle Earth or somewhere, and he lost all of his powers, and now he's slowly getting everything back. Like he had the fastball. They're all oh, these fastball command is back. Look at the oh, he's throwing a, a, a slider. He's, he's got the slider back, and now look at Reynaldo Lopez. He's got the velocity back. He's you know watch Reynaldo Lopez pitch, and he's hitting ninety nine. He's hitting a hundred sometimes on the gun out at the ballpark. So Reynaldo Lopez, like that's got to feel great. We don't usually get things back and it's all coming back for Reynaldo Lopez. And then you have that conundrum of, do you just leave him where he has been successful and say, all right, this is perfect. We have sort of reclaimed your career after you were a good starter for the, your first year with the White Sox, and then it's been in a tailspin since didn't even know if you were around last year. And then you were around last year and you've been pretty good, pretty good in relief spots this year. Last night, in, in all of that craziness, he didn't give up a run. That's pretty good. He goes two innings, allowed zero runs, um, did Reynaldo Lopez, and it just makes me wonder about him. If he continues to get his powers back, if you, we could see him getting a start for the White Sox this year, or even per, perhaps even higher leverage at times. But, you know... I always like to default back to, you know, if you found something, a position where he thrives and sort of scattering him in spots in the bullpen, he, he, relatively speaking, he has thrived, then maybe that's the way. Do you keep him where he's really good or say you deserve a promotion because of what you're doing? Like, can you do the next job? Are you capable of the next level? Or do we just keep you where you are and maybe someday you'll get a two- or three-year contract from somebody to keep on doing excellent relief pitching? Little little way to go from that, but that could happen. The, the worst I felt for the White Sox last night was in, in the eighth inning. I laughed because it was kind of funny. Bennett Souza with that horrific throw, grounder to Bennett Souza, the relief pitcher for the White Sox, he feels it. And made, I think, the most ridiculous throw I have ever seen to first base. The game's already out of out of control. It's already ten to five or whatever it was. It's like already a laugher. And then in the midst of a laugher, <laughs> he, Bennett Souza, fields a baseball. And it looked like the way he threw it, he looked like he was throwing with the wrong arm. That's how horrible the form was on the throw. And then the ball just sails out of Brayu. And it was the old, not just one run scores on an overthrow, the, the old two run scores. Is there anything more murderous feeling than two runs scoring on any kind of a wild throw? Or what? Like the world's like game seven for the Cubs. When was it, didn't two runs score on a wild pitch in that game? Lester, yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's a horrifying moment if it is your baseball team when two runs score on an error. One run is like sucks, but two runs, woo, that's like painful. That is that is baseball murder for for the fan base. All right, we're going to keep the White Sox talk going, as a matter of fact, because in moments we'll be joined by Jim Margolis from the White Sox machine to talk about the White Sox, talk about talk about last night, talk about what could happen today and the Cubs and the White Sox series as well. I'm Mark Grody filling in for Lawrence Holmes on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.